welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. My name is Jody Katz. I am the host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Isn't this space beautiful? Have you all been here since the escalators were revealed, or is this your first time? It's incredible, right? It's so breathtaking. So thank you so much to Saks Fifth Avenue, BD on Two, and the whole Saks team for letting us do this incredible event here. So we have a little bit of housekeeping to do before I call on our, our star, who I know you're all really excited to hear from. Um, the first thing I'd like to say is that there are goodie bags, okay? Who wants to win one? Filled with products, right? So um, I'm gonna ask you all to take out your phones because it's in your hand already. Show me your phone. Um, please turn off your Wi-Fi if you're trying to connect with the Wi-Fi. In here, it's a little spotty, so you'll have more success if you just shut it off and use your, your data. Um, to be entered to win one of these beautiful gift bags of Trish McAvoy product, you're going to submit a question on today's Instagram post on where Brains Me podcast feed. So take a second to find our feed and find today's post. And that's a picture of me. Um, you can see I'm trying to channel spring with my, my wardrobe choices. Um, so if you have a question for Trish, and I'm sure you will, please be curious, don't be shy. Submit it as a comment on today's post. Three of the questions that are asked, um, will Trish will answer at the end of the presentation, and those people will win gift bags. So you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Okay. So just a little bit more. Um, that I need to know about you before we start. So I know there's a lot of Trish fans out there. Raise your hand if you came here because you know Trish and you love Trish. Yeah, this is like most of the space. Um, I just got to know Trish recently and I'm super grateful for the opportunity to get to know her better and to bring her story to you today. So um, this episode, right now, we're recording a podcast live. It is not being broadcast live, so it's being recorded today. You were first to hear it and then it will go live next Wednesday, and that's when you can download it and tell your friends. So you are literally first here, and we're super excited about it. Before I call Trish out, I want to introduce you to what we are as a podcast. What is Where Brains Meet Beauty? We are a podcast rooted in the beauty industry and the wellness industries, but we don't talk about tips and tricks. Um, we talk about journey, so life journey, career journey, and all of our guests are really incredibly generous with the intimacy of like how they share, like what's in their mind space, how they navigate the world, how they deal with stress, and how they um, celebrate wins. So this is a podcast that's really um, for anyone who has a job or wants a job, which is essentially everybody. So um, tell your friends. Um, and now we're going to get ready for our star. Tonight we are joined by Trish McAvoy. For decades, Trish has led her namesake brand with one focus, the customer. She has maintained the independence of her brand in a marketplace that is noisy with investors and acquisitions. She does this all as she radiates joy. Please welcome Trish McAvoy. Thank you for being here. Oh, I so respect you, my goodness. This is so much fun. Thank you. So why don't you grab your mic? <laughs> Jody, I just so respect you. What you've done is so amazing. Well, I have a very long list of questions. I'm wondering if we're going to get through them all. Um, we will, Jody. You're efficient. <laughs> 
So I want to start with an easy one, but one that our, our listeners really love, which is how did you spend your day today? How did I spend my day today at the Javits Center looking for makeup chairs, then meeting with my marketing team, then looking at the fabulous new restaurant here, and I was looking so forward to being with you. And I worked out. You did? When did you work out? Five o'clock. Is that your normal? In the morning. So what time, is, what time do you set the alarm for? I don't set an alarm, darling. I just wake up. What time? 4.30. 4.30. And then do you have a date with a trainer or you just get yourself? A date with an app. An app. No one should see me at 5 in the morning. A date with an app. Is that your daily routine? Yeah. She's looking at me like I'm crazy, which I am. I use Jillian. I use Peloton. I, there are so many. Um, AK, what is it? Anakizer, AKT. Yes, AKT. I, and you mix it up. And I mix it up. I'm, but I'm very, like, I love it. Is this a seven-day-a-week routine, a five-day-a-week routine? Seven, honey. Every day of life, I've got to work to keep this thing together. <laughs> what else is a daily morning ritual for you? Are you ready for this? Write this down. F-factor. Phenomenal. F-factor. You can stay in the best shape. You don't have to worry about eating or not eating or any of that. It fills you up. Have you heard of F-factor? No, what is it? Oh, you've got to interview her. She's phenomenal. Look on Instagram, F-factor. It's protein and fiber and honey, it works. You stay in shape, you get everything out that you want to get out, and honey, you look good. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think this is the direction Jody wanted to go. It is, it is. Well, I, um, I asked that question because this, this morning, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, not with any intention. Children. And um, I couldn't go back to sleep. And um, I think about this question, what keeps other people up at night? Um, I'm not sure what it was for me. It could have been this, you know, the event, or um, somebody told me um, Mercury's in retrograde, so that's going to affect uh, my day. But um, I'm curious as to know what keeps you up at night. Poor Cassandra, what can we do better? Poor Michelle, what can we do better? Poor Sinetti, is everything in order? Poor Lizzie, is everything in order for your wedding? I, I think about the people that are in my life. I think about what I have to do. I think about what I'm not giving the consumer that I have to give to the consumer. And more than anything, I think it's so important to be curious. I'm always thinking of the next thing. And do you keep a notepad next to the bed? No, I have a phone. So you keep the phone next to the bed when you sleep? Honey, yeah, and you know, I use my thumbs. They're not supposed to do that, but I do. These are, I think these are important questions because it helps me understand how other people navigate the world. So I, um, I'm- A crazy person. Well, um, I, I try to disconnect, so I- I never disconnect. Why not? I don't want to disconnect. I'm gonna be disconnected a long time. I want to be connected as long as I can be connected. 
but it's the way I feel. I, um, I feel the pull, though. I feel the seduction. You have children. You are 20 or 30 years younger than me. Honey, I am not going on the same path as you. You are, you know, at the beginning of yours, I'm more, you know, at the other side of it. Okay. Don't have kids. Don't have to make breakfast. Don't have to get them out to school. Don't have to babysit for grandchildren. So, um, when these things keep you up at night, does it feel... Nothing keeps me up at night. I wake up and I think of it and I go right back to sleep. I have no sleep issues. Okay, so let's... I have a chip. A chip. A chip. Lizzie, where are you? I'm right here. Can you, can you come up here? Lizzie, come on up. Oh, there you are. Lizzie, can you come up here? No, I know you're not supposed to be on this podcast, but can, can you talk about my chip? So we at Trish say that she has a chip because she has boundless energy, boundless ideas. She's ready for anything at any time. We land on a plane, we go to a meeting, we go to another meeting, like no food, no sleep, and she's the energizer bunny. And we F Factor, all we have F Factor muffins. Her chip one day. Yes, I think that's worth a round of applause for sure. It, it, it's, it's just called genetics. Some people are tall. I've got energy. Oh, so um, I would like to bottle some of that up, and apparently this is you also a commercial it. for Are factor. you kidding? You? Well, I just love it. And I love Saks Fifth Avenue, and I love your fabulous podcast. Thank you. So um, I want to really dive deep into you because you are, you radiate joy. How deep, how deep. Very deep. We're going to go far. Um, and you've seen all the questions ahead of time. So um, your game. Um, let's start at the beginning. Why beauty? I love joy. And I always found joy in makeup. And for me, I was so attracted to it because my grandmother owned a perfumery, and that's where I really learned the joy of beauty, the power of beauty. And what are the, um, those key memories, you know, when you're five years old, The key years old? memories, well, seeing women come together, one, two, women walking into a location and walking out feeling differently, um, I think it's a very bonding moment for women, and now it's wonderful. It's not only women, it's also men. You walk in, you feel one way, you feel whatever, and you walk out and the fantasy is a reality. Well, I had my makeup done by Tamara, who's here tonight, and... Um, she is beyond fabulous, Miss Tamara. She does shoots with me, she does weddings with me, she does events with me, and I think this could be a promotion for you. <laughs> in fact, there's a woman here, Renee, who you did her son's wedding. Oh, well, Renee, wait, 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 wait. Renee, I knew Renee before her son was born. I knew Renee before she was married. I knew Renee when she, uh, I think you were 20. And, and what makes my life so fabulous is that so many of my clients, I have generations coming to us. And um, it's a pure gift. I feel that in beauty, 
you really live the life with your clients. You know, it's like, tell me about people that you're close to. The people that you're closest to are the ones you've shared their journey with. Not that they've told you their journey, but you've shared their journey. And that's what beauty and being in the beauty industry can do for us. Well, you mentioned bringing people together and look what beauty does tonight. Thank um, you all for coming. And um, Eleni was getting her makeup done with Michelle, who's also a superstar. Oh, wait, wait, Michelle, are you kidding? The best hair, the most patience, the, the most energy. She's a fabulous cook. She does everything perfectly. And I am so lucky to have such a wonderful person on my team. She cares. I had sent a friend of mine that had um, just had radiation, and she came back and she said, I feel that I'm not even ill after seeing the show. And that's the power of beauty. It really is. It's very, very powerful. And, um, you know, just the four of us were together, right? Two makeup artists, two clients, and everything I'm wearing is Trish. I should hope so. <laughs> I am very happy, Jody. Pink jasmine fragrance. I love you, love you, love you. It's over there, um, the tester's right there. Keep speaking, I'll be completely quiet. <laughs> Tell them everything you're using. Um, so, it's actually not a lot of products? I don't believe in a lot. Um, so anyway, this idea of bringing people together, so it was just four of us, it was pretty quiet here when we were having our makeup done, and um, the way that your team talks about beauty, it, it really is very different. Um, there is an incredible intimacy, and it wasn't a, a do this, do that, it was, um, she put the mirror in my hand and said, look. You know, watch and then this do it. This is not a massage. You have to do it. Yes. And, and what did you do? I did most of the side of the face and then she fixed it. No. Um, I had a little, you know, challenge with the, avoiding the waterline. Um, and then I did my triangle of light. light um, and then some blending. So I, you know, a lot the, of blending. Putting the tools in my hand was actually really interesting. And it made me think of probably something that I experienced in one of my first visits to a makeup counter when I was younger, but that I don't actually see anymore, right? There's a lot of mandating, right? Um, or trend following. And I didn't feel like I was um, just a canvas, right? I felt like I was really part of the process. And that intimacy is really special. Intimacy is everything. I think. We have the most intimate profession other than going to a physician or a masseuse. I mean, it is very, and we're touching your face. We're teaching you how to do what you do every morning. It's very, very intimate. It's very personal. So um, I want to talk about something that you mentioned to me when we first met, which is this idea of visualization. Um, when I said, you know, why beauty, you're like, I chose it, right? I visualized it. But I wasn't really understanding at the time what you were saying. Explain that to us. I have always been a visualizer. And what does that mean? It means that I've always thought of my life fast forward. And I've always thought of my future self. I have always been in the moment, but I've always thought of my future self. And I knew that beauty was the direction that I wanted to go because it felt good, it made others feel good, came very, very easy to me. And I knew that I wanted a very independent life. 
I don't like people telling me what to do. And I don't like asking people to do things for me. And how do you live that kind of life unless you're an entrepreneur? And you can understand what I'm saying. And so for me, being able to help women feel good about themselves and thinking forward, I, I knew I had a gift. I knew it came easy. And I just knew I could do it. And I did it one person at a time. I didn't go with trends. I didn't go with the way other people did it. I truly did it one person at a time. And Renee's an example of that. And I have so many women that I'm still doing one-on-one -on -one makeup lessons on, even though I now have a company. And um, it's given me the most joy in my life other than my family. I mean, it has been a wonderful journey, a wonderful, wonderful journey. Thinking of myself as a young person, where I was and where I wanted to be. And I was very lucky that I had very good companies that I worked for and that I started my own when I was 25. You were not born in the US? I was born in Dublin, Ireland. I can't tell you the street. I can't tell you which hospital I can look on my passport for and figure that out, my birth certificate. But um, I'm half German and half Irish. And you grew up in Germany? No, you, you did your homework well. Five years is not growing up. Okay. But I lived, German was my first language, French my second, English my third. And um, I lived with my grandparents until I was five. Then we moved to France and then we came to the US. How old were you when you came to the US? 12. Do you remember it? Oh yeah. Where did you go? Where did you move to? Georgia and it was not easy. I learned how to become invisible very quickly. So you moved in middle school, like the height of preteenness. Yes. And I learned to become invisible. It was before Instagram. It was, you know, everybody wore the same thing. They acted the same way. And my mother was European. Um, I definitely learned how not to fit in in a way that was comfortable. Mm -hmm. And why did you feel that you needed to do that? Because it was the South in the 60s, and I just didn't want to play the game. And um, what, how old were you when you felt a shift in, instead of wanting to be invisible, wanting to be seen? The minute that I left. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the South, and I love the people that were, you know, in the school. It was just that I had a very strict mother. I couldn't do anything. She was European, and anyone that's ever had a European mother, it's no. No to this, and no to that, and no, no, no. And when I left home, it was yes, yes, yes. So as a kid growing up trying to be invisible, but also probably wanting to make connections. Oh no, I didn't want to make really? connections. I was very comfortable being invisible. So you didn't want to go to the birthday parties and have sleepovers and... I just wanted to focus on what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And at that I, time... I've never been someone that had... Um, I, what I didn't have is not 
what I was going after, you know? But at, at the young age of 12, 13, 14, 15, what was that that you were going after? Leaving Atlanta, starting to work for a cosmetic company, and starting my own business. So that's pretty phenomenal, right? Like, um, No, 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 I don't think so. I think anyone, and I'm not going to play the immigrant card, but anyone that has ever known an immigrant or has been an immigrant knows that feeling. It's a dream, and you know here you can make that dream come true. And you have. I sure as hell have. <laughs> so um, I've been thinking a lot about our conversation and um, you know, what's so compelling to me about the business that you've built today is the independence that you have. And um, I left our first conversation and I immediately reached out to my friend who runs Indie Beauty Expo and I'm like, she's a superstar, she's the Elvis of indie beauty, right? That's sort of like, I thought of it that way, like people would bow, bow down and go crazy and go nuts around you. No, I, I just think that I'm an example of, you have to ask yourself, how do you want to live your life? What's important to you? Is fame important? Is money important? Is being recognized important, none of that was important to me. What was important to me was living a life where I felt really good about myself. Living a life where I could do it my way. So at 25, you um, created your first products. I, I was very, very lucky. I worked um, for Lauder and I worked for Revlon. They were wonderful building blocks for me. And I knew that I wanted to start my own thing. How do you start your own thing? The first thing you've got to look for is what are you good at and what isn't out there? I was good at makeup, I was good at skincare, but what wasn't out there were professional makeup brushes. So I came out with five. I took a little ad in Vogue, I think it was a quarter of a page, and Back then, it was um, a very big deal for me, and I worked out of my apartment, but it all came together. So you saved your own money from your jobs to be able to launch these brushes and pay for that ad? Or did it all go to Well, no, cards? not really. That, that sounds like a good, good way of doing it, but I didn't do it that way. Um, I was 23. I had a job in product development and marketing. And um, prior to that, I worked for Lauder in the field, um, an Ultima two, and I helped to run New York, and I loved it. And then I had a tragedy. My 12-year-old brother died. And it was a tragic death. And I realized, you know, life is short. And so I just stopped working for a while. And I had a little money saved up. It's not like I saved up for a makeup brush company. I did not. And um, I met my husband. And my life before my husband was in black and white. And these are not original words. Gilda Radner said the same thing. So I don't want you to think I made this up. I'm not that good. 
And when I met him, truly my life went into Technicolor. And um, it was magic. I knew together we could build something. I knew that the world was my oyster. One day, I was walking down Madison Avenue, and I walked into a drugstore. And there was a soda fountain there, and a lot of fabulous people. And someone said to me, well, tell me about you. And I told them about what my background had been. And they said, why don't you work here? I'm like, cool. But I only want to work part-time. And they offered me a job. It was Boyd's Pharmacy. I was paid probably 50 cents. And within three months, I was booked. I was doing makeup in the evenings. It was a blast. But I knew I was not going to stay at Boyd's making 50 cents. So I went in and I said, I can change your company. I, I can really do something with this, but I need a raise. And if you listen to what my ideas are, it could be phenomenal. They said no to the ways. They said no to my idea. And I walked out with my book of people that I had done their makeup on for 90 days, and I started my business. It's awesome. It's such a cool story, and it's my <laughs> life. You, um, you have this confidence about yourself and this optimistic attitude, and you mentioned to me that um, you think being the grandchild of Holocaust survivors sort of put this in you, right? This idea of not to take things for granted. Um, I really feel that from you. Well, I, I, I was brought up by, it, it was, I'm a real mutt. My grandfather, German Christian, my father, Irish Catholic, my mother, half Jewish. And so you look up mutt in the dictionary, that is me. And um, I grew up very, very fortunate with my grandparents because they had really built a life for themselves in five years after the war with the perfumery and restaurants and I had this glorious life. And um, they would tell me never to take anything for granted because no matter what you have, materialistic things can be taken away very quickly. That the only thing that truly matters is who you are and how you feel about yourself, because that can't be taken away. And that's what gave me the confidence. It's such a great lesson. It, it, for me, it, it, I think that's what truly made me the person that I am. Um, that might fuel the chip, right? It might give energy to the trip. Like, it's almost like you're a hybrid car. You're I, I, think I'm, I think I'm present. I think I appreciate people. I, um, I never carry a garbage can around. You know what I mean by a garbage can? People that um, carry on everything that ever happened bad in their life and they carry it around and they keep blaming you. They never blame themselves, always blaming you. 
I'm not, I, I just, something doesn't go right, you just let it go. So I want to get back to the building the business thing because yeah. I have some friends in the audience yeah. that are building yeah. businesses and um, are faced with this point in their business where like, well, if I want to grow, I might need an investor, which means that I have someone breathing down my throat. Or do I just keep riding this wave? I, I think it really, you have to do everything that's best for you. If you're looking for money, and if you're looking for people that can grow your business at a faster rate, to have investors is wonderful. To have partners is wonderful. For me, that wasn't so important. What was important for me was my community, my freedom, and to work with people that I really enjoy working with. But if it, it all depends on what your end in mind is. When I started, you didn't need that much money. There were no cell phones, nothing existed. We didn't even know what a fax machine was. No one had dreamed of it. I mean, I don't think we knew a telephone or maybe a television even then. But I, I think it's really a matter of what do you want to do? I think the first thing is you've got to really know your craft. That's most important. And don't fool yourself. You've got to then really know your landscape. That's very, very important. And you, you've got to have a following. Without a following in any business, you really can't go anywhere, big or small. So there have been times, I'm sure, that um, investors have tried to woo you or private equity wanted to acquire you. Um, in those moments... Almost everybody. So. Um, there's a seduction to growing the business that I face in my own business, right? Like, I, I, want, I have these visions, right? Um, how do I get there? So there's a seduction, and that's sort of why I put my phone it in the other It was never room. a seduction for me. What's a seduction for many was never a seduction for me. The growing the business wasn't, like, no. inside no. of you like that? No. My seduction was loving my work, loving my clients, and if it took a short amount of time or a long amount of time to make it the best that it could be, small or big. That sounds like patience to me. I have tremendous patience. So what, um, were there any times in the past few years or at any point in your growth where you actually thought, maybe I will take the offer? Half the time I need money. <laughs> Half the time I'm looking for more money, but you know, it's just, you got to get tighter, you got to get leaner, and, you know, for me, I just didn't go after that. I didn't go after it. So your goal, it sounds like, is living the life you want to live more than seeing numbers grow on a, a Oh, honey, I want to be number one Saks Fifth Avenue. I'm not saying I'm not competitive. I want to, I, I definitely fight for being whatever ranking I'm in in any store every day. But I just like the freedom of, if I want to do something, I do it, and if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. So what do you, what do you think comes with that outside investment? Like, in, in your mind? I, I think what happens with outside investment, which is wonderful, they, they can bring in people that can really help grow your business, 
um, with outside investment, you get more expertise. Um, there's a lot of very good in outside investment. There is. And one day I may do that too. But so far, I've held on independently. Um, do, you, do you realize how phenomenally unusual that is? Because you're so I, I like, really, I really, I really don't. <laughs> I, I think at the end of the day, it's really about what do you want. And phenomenal is only someone else's illusion of what you are. Someone else's view of what you are. And what I am is a simple girl with a big heart and big imagination. I love people and that's what it's about for me. So now I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, and talk about a challenging topic, which is the passing of your husband. Mm -hmm. And he passed about five months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and you've been with him a very long time. Since I was 24. So um, I'd love to hear the story again of how you met. We met on a blind date. He was supposed to go out with my roommate. And um, he was a dermatologist. And... Um, he said, listen, I have a, I'm very busy, be here on time, you know, we'll meet for lunch, la la la. And um, I got there a half hour late, <laughs> I, I, and um, we went to a diner, and he was just adorable. And um, we were one of the first Medispas in the United States when um, we started our Medispa what dermatologists did was take care of skin cancers and skin conditions. They dried it, they wet it, and then they said goodbye or they cut it. And when, they, um, when, when we got together, what we did is we um, made people feel pretty when they left. We were, we and Murad were the ones that really open the minds of people to combine beauty with science, and um, I'm very proud of that. It was a tremendous time. How many years were you married for? 38, and I proposed. <laughs> Tell us about the proposal. Excuse me? Tell us about the proposal. Well, we had lived together four and a half years, and we were crazy about each other. But, I mean, that question, you know, he. He was very funny. We met and he said, I want you to know one thing about me. And this is a lesson for every woman and every man in the audience. Don't believe what people say. He said, I'm never getting married. And I'm like, cool. I was 24. 24 really doesn't matter that much. And you're a very good listener. And um, <laughs> then we had been together for four and a half years. We um, had worked together for quite a while. And I'm like, I really think it's time. Let's get married. And he's like, okay, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, don't tell anybody? He, because he wanted to tell his parents first. So that was the don't tell anybody. Was it at um, City Hall? No, I'm not going to get married at City Hall. Not at all. So, okay, so your first thing, City Hall, now what do you think? I, I think you eloped to Vegas. I don't know. Do I look like an eloping girl? No. But you couldn't tell anyone. Well, I, no, see, it's all how you hear a story. 
I couldn't tell anyone until he told his parents about the and spoke to my mother. And you know that yeah, that's don't tell anyone. So where was the wedding? Where do you think it would be? The plaza. And how many people do you think I would have? Three hundred and fifty. Okay, let me ask. How many of you think the plaza? How many of you think three hundred and fifty? Eight hundred. How many do you think? A thousand. How about you? Two thousand. Forty people. Forty people at the pier. Um, my office was across the street at 805th, and I lived there. And um, I only had the closest people in my life, and I worked that day. <laughs> you worked the day of your wedding? I did. What were you doing? Someone's makeup and facial, and who knows whatever. And then your own? Yeah. So um, I want to talk about a topic that probably a lot of people have faced in the audience, which is grief and um, moving through grief. Um, what does that look like for you today, and does that change every day? Grief is so personal that everyone feels it differently. There, there, there's no map to grief. Um, the way I feel about grief is that my best friend went away. And yet, my best friend is always with me. Because grief is inside of you. And grief is something that comes and goes. And I'm also a big believer in your grief is personal for me. It's personal, but I speak about it. And um, I, I, I feel people will say to me, how do you feel? And I'll say, I feel awful, but I am not going to show it to you. And I think that's important too, because you have to live life. You only have today. Um, the memory never leaves. The person never leaves. The person is, for me, my husband is half of me, was and is. And he didn't choose to leave. He was forced to leave. So grief, we all face it. We're all going to experience it. And I, I, I think um, compartmentalizing everything in life is very important. And when you're in a moment where you don't want to show it, right? You want to say, I'm not feeling good, but I don't want to show it. Oh, I never do that. I just showed you my feelings one second ago, and I, and I recovered very quickly. So now I don't. I never make a big deal. Oh no! I, I you saw it a minute. I mean, I do show it. I'm not going to hide it. But then I move right into my next moment. So you give yourself that moment to feel, and then you also give yourself permission to move on. Mm -hmm. And not to move on because you have to. You feel what you feel. But then I think it is personal, 
And I think it's extremely selfish if you are trying to, to others. I, I, I just don't do that. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm sure the audience has a ton of questions for Trish. Um, so Kate's going to give me the three questions. And then if you are here, you have to be in it to win it. If you're here, you'll get an awesome goodie bag. What is in the goodie bag? My makeup planner with the look of the season, my makeup brushes that give you the look of the season, and my new foundation. And, and wait a minute, I am lying. Lizzie is saying no, that's not what they're getting. What are they getting? Gorgeous Carpe Diem planner. <laughs> okay, you're not getting all of the above, you're only getting one thing. Okay, and lesson number two, you've got to depend on other people to help you. <laughs> So our first question is by Pelican2300. Are you here? Oh, Renee. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. How did you come up with the idea of the planners? I was um, on vacation in this most fabulous place in Italy, but this most fabulous place in Italy had a beautiful view and a small bathroom. And I had my stuff all over the place. My husband said, there has to be a better way. And at that time, I was using a planning system called the Filofax. And that Filofax was really the beginning of my coming together with my team and thinking of the makeup planner. It's really such an incredible innovation. And it's like, I feel like people wish they had that idea now. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, they, they've tried to copy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our next question is by Ivy Cohen. There's Ivy. How do you see trending makeup style preferences differing between millennials and other generations? Oh, I think that the millennials are great. And what I think is, and I think we should all just learn from them. And what they have done, which I think is fabulous, is that there used to be an idealized view of beauty. You had to be this height, this body type, and it changed with the generations. The millennials are like, you know what, we don't want that. We want to be ourselves, and we want to accept ourselves. And it doesn't matter if you're blonde, dark, light, heavy, in between. I think we should all be like them in that way. But millennials, you should save a little money. <laughs> and our last question is Lindsay Chop, makeup artist. Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay, I saw you at the counter. You're so her, cute. Her question is, what's your advice for makeup artists starting out today? My advice would be you have to work with someone that will mentor you. Um, be it that you go to beauty school and then become an assistant to a makeup artist that does photography, or that you want to work in a retail environment, working with someone that's as fabulous as a Michelle or a Tamara, you've got to find a mentor. And um, it's a very crowded arena, but there's always room for thousands more. You just have to know what you want to do and in order to know what you want to do, you should try retail, you should try fashion shows, you should try photography, because what 
you may fantasize it is may be very different than what it is. Well, thank you so much to Trish. Thank you. I, thank this you. is so incredible. And thank you to Sachs and this beautiful space. So now we're going to actually conclude the recording. So anyone listening at home, you know that now we're going to shut off the mics. Um, but Trish will be available to greet you if you wanted to come and say hello. And thank you all for being here. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you so much, Jody. You're fabulous. for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.